Hello everybody, you are listening to Talking About Death Will Not Kill You. I am Lisa and I am speaking, I am speaking, far out, this is going to go well. I am speaking <laughs> to the lovely Tammy. At least I get you laughing, Tammy. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Lisa? I'm all right. Now, I have been a follower on Facebook of yours for a very long time. Never used your services or anything, but I've just found your Facebook page very positive, very uplifting and basically intriguing as to the many hats that you wear. Yes, I do wear a few, don't I? <laughs> you do. You know what? It's You can never have too many hats. I've heard that. You can never have too many hats. That's right. You just take them off and change them as needed. That's right. And I, I think... I think that the what yeah the I think one of the main reasons I followed you is you lost a shitload of weight, didn't you? Yes, I did. That's a couple of years ago now. Gosh, you have been following for a while. I have. You know yeah. why? It was around the same time I lost a shit ton of weight. So I used to weigh 143 kilos. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. I lost. Congratulations. Thank you. I've put most of that back on, but that's you know. No, um, <laughs> no COVID. You're COVID's hit me. <laughs> no, I have. Oh, it's all in my ass and boobs. Where it's not too bad. I can I kind of cover that up. Boobs is fine. I'm all right with boobs. Nowhere else is okay. But um, yeah, I I remember following your journey because it was around the same time. Because I I lost my weight in 2016 slash 2017. Yes, so and, that would be very similar time frame. Yeah, yeah. And I just I followed your progress and and was intrigued with your with your page and everything that you do. Geez, you've got some qualifications under your belt. You've done so many things. Thank you. I'm a bit of a nerd, I must admit. So, yes, I do like, I'm a bit of a sponge. I soak up everything that I possibly can. It's nice to to have, you know, it's nice to look. I'm, I'm it's, it's funny, you know, I always say if I could have a career, it would be as a student. I love learning new things. In, yeah, in, absolutely. In every job that I've done. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. <laughs> no, no, you go, you go. I was going to say, if I could get paid like a full-time wage to study and learn, I'd do it as well. Yeah, and in every job that I've taken, I've always saying like, you know, I'm happy to start at the role, but I would love, you know, I'm, I'm eager to take on more things and learn more things. I, I never say no to new skills and new roles. It can't can't hurt to, to know more things. That's exactly why I do it. And I just think it's, you know, some of it's professional development and I don't think any education goes to waste at yes, all. Yes, absolutely not. Um, so your Facebook page is Tammy's Tarot and Healing. Yes. But you do you do way more than that. I do a lot more than that. I do a lot of... Uh, I do a lot of like the spiritual type of stuff as, as um, you know, like Reiki and energy healing and tarot readings and like into uh, the very scientific and evidence-based stuff like counselling and clinical hypnotherapy. Um, I finished my psychology degree and honours degree and so I'm uh, in um, um, psychology and in my uh, spare time now, which is Tammy's Tarot and Healing. Yeah, and you also just recovered from COVID, so thank you very much for... Yes, <laughs> that's okay, that's okay. That's the second time I've had it, would you believe? I was going to ask, is that the first go? So second time, and how, how did you go, just for my curiosity, it's got nothing to do with the podcast, because I've had it once already and I, had, I was asymptomatic, I had nothing. So how did you go wow. with your first and second times? 
first time, knocked me for six. Absolutely, I ended up in hospital first time around. Oh, the shit. The second time around, yeah, yeah, it wasn't good. This second time around, not too bad, but my husband has it for the first time now and right. it's knocked him for six. So very interesting. He didn't get it the first time. Right. Okay. And how many? Uh, how much time had passed between first and second? Uh, January first time to now, so roughly six months. Oh, okay, okay, cool. I'm due for mine in about a month and a bit. That's good to know. Okay, good. <laughs> Let's hope you don't get it. <laughs> Look, I know it's inevitable. It's just one of those things because um, I got I got it in February, so sure it's just rounds. Can you believe, Touchwood, my three children who go to school and, and share germs with so many students, they've not had it yet, not that we know of, so go figure. Hello? I I thought I thought the kids were going to bring it home, but we were the my myself then my husband we were the germ carriers. So how funny is that? Not that we know of, unless they were asymptomatic and we never we never I discovered it. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So tell me a bit about what you do. I the psychology side of it and the spiritual side of it. Do they do they meet really? Uh Mm, that's that's an interesting question uh, because I'm Indigenous as well. Uh, I have a very strong spiritual belief and understanding and cultural perspective of spirituality. There's no real scientific because psychology is so scientific based. There yep. is no real base for it. Although we take people and accept people on their own beliefs so we can bring it into psychology that way but no there's nothing really you can't help them deal with their issues like you acknowledge that you know this is your anxiety or this is your depression and then use some sort of yeah, spiritual yeah. to kind of help them we have to use all evidence-based um all evidence-based stuff inside recommend any sort of spiritual I couldn't recommend Reiki I could not recommend um, going to an energy healer or anything like that if someone was a psychology um, client of mine there's no way that I could do that um, ethically in the profession so okay. all right yeah fair yeah. enough so tell me a bit about the spiritual side of it what what is Reiki I kind of have a rough guide an idea of what it is but I probably don't probably not accurate so Reiki is beautiful energy healing. So people have probably heard of um, chi and tai chi and, and all those sort of terms, which is like the energy that runs around the body, but that's Chinese. Reiki is very similar in that it's Japanese, but it's the energy that runs around the body. It's the energy that comes from the universe, the divine spirit, God, whatever name that we want to give to that higher power. And it's like a, it's still a hands-on modality. So it's like a massage where the practitioner is almost giving a massage, but it's not manipulating of the muscles. It's gentle laying on of hands and it's balancing the energies. It's drawing the energy in from the universe and into the person that needs it. And it's sort of just rebalancing and recalibrating, bringing the person back into equilibrium. And it's just a beautiful relaxing modality and how do you find people uh the reason for them needing this sort of healing 
Okay, so people come for this sort of healing for all sorts of different reasons. Uh, people might come if they've got a um, like a heartbreak, they're broken up with somebody and they're just needing to feel a bit more strength right through to people that, um, you know, might be stressed at work and just feeling overwhelmed and just maybe not feeling 100%. It sort of ranges from, from small reasons up to the bigger life reasons that people come in it's it sort of works for so many different areas in life right and then then the other side of that would be the tarot reading yeah people usually come to that come to me when they're at a crossroads in life so people 99 percent of the time it would be when there's something big happening they've had a breakup and they're not sure which direction to go they're not happy at work and they don't know whether they should apply for a job or stay where they are so usually it's um, helping to guide people into what direction looking at that point in time when they come to me at what point in time the cards look like it's probably best to make this decision or that decision but I always say to people regardless of what is coming up in the cards they are always the ones in control. Because they sh they shuffled the cards. How does it work? So the tarot cards from what I've, I remember, I think I've had my tarot, I think I've had it once. Um, they have different images on them. Uh, the one that's probably most famous that everybody knows is the death card because everyone assumes it's something bad, but it's not actually necessarily a bad card, is it? That's correct. So death, uh, depending on what, what, the context of the other cards it's 99% again I use that percentage because you know people do have that misconception that it is death but usually it's the closing of one door and the opening of the other so it's like okay if the death card comes up and a relationship has ended it's saying well yes that that relationship has ended it's over perhaps that is a death in a in a um you know in a context yeah uh, but it's not the death of a person yeah Okay. And so the person will, you will give them the cards and they shuffle them? Yeah. People will have the cards. They'll shuffle them until they feel ready to, to split them into three piles. Once they split them into three piles and they don't have to be even, they can be whatever size. They don't have to be the same size. Sides. Oh, I can't speak now. I they gotcha. They have to be the same. <laughs> same size and what I do is I um, hold my hand over the cards and the cards emit an energy and so the, the pack has um, the one that has the most heat the most energy is the pack that goes on top and that I actually read from right and is it a guided sort of thing so as you're as you're putting the cards down are you talking to the person and asking them questions and it leads to the next card sort of thing or is every card telling their own story? It's not no, really. It's pretty much every card telling a story. Like I will lay out the whole spread and I do what's known as the Celtic cross. So I'll put the, put the cards down in the specific spread that I do and then we just start talking from there. Most people um, are very good and they'll interact with me and by doing that they have a better reading some people turn up and expect the tarot reader to know absolutely everything and they sit there and say nothing at all that's more a disadvantage to them because the more you interact the more we can sort of hit the nail on the head because sometimes 
what's coming up is, and, and I do it through a lot of intuition as well, a lot of gut feeling, a lot of intuition, and sometimes just having a, a confirmation, um, it will just make everything else fall into place so beautifully and the story can be told much better. So it is, it is a little bit of interaction. Um, and because of the therapeutic side that I also have, um, my tarot readings tend to be very, very therapeutic for people. And what do you mean by therapeutic side? So if someone comes and I've been using the example of a broken heart, if someone comes because they've had that breakup, then because of my counselling skills and my counselling ability, I can actually help that person move through the grief or at least start to process what's going on. And the cards can be just a tool to, to bring out what they actually need to do to so move like a, through it. A little taste of a counselling session just to help them. Yeah, pretty much, but without without being counselling, it's it's um it's really quite interesting. But most people leave. Um, I guess the word is feeling much more calm mm -hmm. and a lot more clarity than when they came in. Mm. Uh, do you do you find that any of these readings or healings people are requesting due to a, a traumatic event like a death for for anybody? Oh, not, not a lot. It, it does happen, but I'm not a medium and I think most people know that. So the difference there is if someone passes away, um, sometimes they will go to a medium who can actually channel that sort of um, that person or make, yeah. make connection with that person. Yeah. I don't do that type of work. Right. Um in saying that when I do a Reiki session, sometimes we can get, when I say we, it's Reiki practitioners, can have visualisations or connections. Um, but I find that I don't get a lot of people that come in specifically for that. I think they tend to go straight to a medium. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so how did you find out you had this skill to be able to do this or is it a learnt skill? It goes way back because I grew up on Groot Island, which is in the Gulf of Carpentaria here in the Northern Territory. And when I was about three, I used to, well, growing up, I spoke Andaliagua, the, the Aboriginal language. And one of the elders on the island said to my father that I was a very, very, very spiritual child and sort of you hear this sort of stuff growing up and then you tend to forget about it. But it was when I was must have been 17 or 18, um, I went through a breakup myself and I went to a reader for the exact same reason that people come to me and she said, you know, you really should be doing this, you should be tapping in, you've, um, you've had intuition your whole life, let's help you hone that. So that's kind of where it sort of started. It was way back that an Aboriginal elder picked it up in me and then the intu intuition was with me my whole life and it was only when I went through my first major loss of my first major boyfriend um the breakup devastated me and I um I went to a reader that was willing to teach me oh wow okay now you mentioned so you mentioned that you have aboriginal heritage or you yes. are aboriginal um yep. I've been trying to speak to someone Aboriginal to educate me because I, lo I know little to nothing um, about yeah. the Aboriginal culture, especially when it comes to death. I know that you can't, uh, 
uh, not can't, but you need to advise people if it has dead people in it so that it, because it can upset, um, only from what I've learned on TV that you can upset yeah, Aboriginal viewers. Yeah. Is there well, anything? It's very spiritual. Yeah. So, is yeah, it, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. Is it? Ba it's all based on the land, right? Is that is that main the main? It's all, yeah, it's, it's all based on land, and it's all um, their spiritual connections. Like our, um, we don't really die in Aboriginal um, heritage. We don't die. We really don't have illness and things like that. It's if someone is ill or or. Um, has some sort of disability that can be attributed to evil spirits within the body or um, someone's putting a curse on you and things like that. So they use a lot of spiritual ritual to help with illness and to help with, um, you know, removing the illness. And, and when death occurs, it's just um, those people have become spirit and are still around but just in spirit form. Right. So how have you have you been to any funerals and could you gauge me and what sort of happens as opposed to a regular, um, you know, regular, uh, e not Eastern, I can't even think of the words right now, just your regular Anglo uh, funeral that, you know, you'd, you'd be cremated or whatever like that. Is there special customs that the Aboriginals have that, that we don't use? I must admit I have not been to a traditional Aboriginal uh, funeral, unfortunately, but I have been to a lot of corroborees and a lot of uh, sacred sites and a lot of um, stuff that is hidden from, from uh, anyone that is not Aboriginal. Yep. Uh, and it's it's just fascinating. It's just systems, a lot of dancing and a lot of singing. Um, yeah, so imagine that that comes into uh the funeral as well but like i say i've not been to original funeral because even though we grew up with the um with the rumors of it, it's only been fairly recently that we've actually without a shadow of a doubt traced our heritage so we didn't particularly grow up um yeah with all the traditional sort of stuff right yeah and in the psychological side where where you do therapy for people um is do we touch on on helping people uh deal with death a lot or is it mostly the same sort of issues where they're just trying to cope with occurrences in their life oh no people do come to see psychologists for grief and to help with uh, moving through the grief process um it's a very good idea actually for people to come through because there's all different levels of grief that people go through. But when you think about it, when someone that you love dies, um, people understand, they, they give you love, they give you support. But imagine if you were in an illicit love affair and the person that was married to somebody else and they die, you cannot grieve as openly because it's such frowned upon circumstance and situation and so you need to be able to go and see someone to grieve and to grieve properly and to move through those emotions because it's what's called hidden grief or um, unaccepted grief mm. so that's the reason people can come in um, but death itself is such a big 
you know, it's one of life's big events and it's one of the most traumatic um, things that people can go through. So I truly recommend that people speak to a psychologist or speak to their spiritual counsel or speak to somebody at least. Because it's, it's a lot of misconception, uh, not misconceptions, but it's, it's a very, it's a taboo thing. People don't like talking about death in general, usually, let alone when something's, when something's happened. I myself lost someone important. I lost my mum and I didn't speak to someone until, I mean, I, I had issues where I couldn't grieve properly due to um, uh, family issues. Uh, I don't yes. think I actually, I don't think I actually saw a therapist until a good maybe two years after she'd passed mm -hmm. away. It's probably way yeah. too, too, too long because um, I had delayed grief, which made the whole thing messier. But, yeah. and I've seen, and I've seen, a, I've seen a therapist for different reasons. I've seen the same therapist for different reasons because I've developed anxiety, which is a whole other kettle of fish when it comes to the depression that I was used to dealing with. So seeing the same person who I got on with quite well, and help me deal with two separate issues. Um, I found quite uh, very liberating and, and really good and highly recommend because you have to find the right person to start with. I imagine that you've had clients where if you don't gel, it's just not going to work. That's so very true. If you don't gel, that's okay. It just means you're not the right fit and that's nothing to take personally. It is what it is. Um, no, the client shouldn't take it personally and the, you're right. Mm. You need to fit, you need to gel and then, yes, you might, you might come in for one presenting issue and then as you move along something else might crop up and you deal with, with the person that you're comfortable with and I think it's fabulous that you, um, you finally got there to speak about your mum's passing and um, I am sorry to hear about that. Oh, thank you. It's funny too because during uh, the time that she was ill, I I spoke to some. I'm not not trying to make this all about me. It's just a good example that during the time where she was ill, I also was looking after my youngest daughter who was uh, a few months old, and I was trying to get her into a good sleeping pattern. And I went to a Tresillian, uh care facility, and whilst we were trying to get her into a groove, um, they asked me if I wanted to speak to someone. And I said, yeah, sure, I'll give it a go. Like, you know, I'll, I'll try anything. Um, even though I wasn't really a very big talker in, in regards to like my opinion was what well, I don't know how talking about my feelings is going to help. The problems are still there. It's not really going to fix anything. So um, I don't think I'm very unique in that sort of regard. Uh, and then they, I spoke to someone, unloaded everything onto them and uh, had the most god-awful experience. I don't think they were equipped for me. I don't think they were able to even fathom how they could even help me um, because their response was basically, uh, just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Oh, goodness. Well, that's not very <laughs> no, helpful. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they were there to help. I, I don't think they had the capabilities. They're there to help a, a mum who's tired and whose kid won't sleep. And I came in yeah. with those problems, but, you know, unloading that a fact that I have, I have a two and a half year old, I have a newborn that won't sleep and I have a mother who's dying of terminal cancer and I'm dealing with that and I'm dealing with marital issues because um, my husband wants all my time and, and I can't give it to him. I'm giving it to my dying mother and my two kids who need me. It was like they, they, I could physically see their jaw drop. Now that um, that experience alone probably should have and probably delayed me from 
talking to anybody else. Uh, I probably should have said in my brain, I should have just went, no, nah, what's the point? No one can help me. I'm glad I didn't do that. And my reason to say that story was basically, you know, you can have very bad experiences or very negative, not bad necessarily, but negative experiences where you think, well, that's not, that didn't help me. That's not going to help me. Um, I don't know why I should yeah. persist. Absolutely. It, it is. It, that was obviously just the wrong fit, the wrong connection. Yeah. And that's, that's okay. That is going to happen. What I would say to your listeners is please don't give up because it's just about finding that right person. So if you have to get five different people until you find that right fit, that's okay. As long as there's no harm being done, um, you know, as long as you're not getting bad advice or bad, um, yeah, bad advice, then. Making you feel worse about yourself. That. Yeah, that would be dreadful if that were to happen. Um, yeah, but if you're, if you're just finding not the right fit, keep going till you find it. And how do you reply to say, for example, talking to past me, where in my head I was like, because I'm I'm all for therapy. I think it's a great thing, and I completely understand why it's it's um, so important because I've been through it. But say, for example, yeah. talking to past Lisa. So say I've lost somebody, and I'm very, and I, you know, you get the depression and stuff like that. One thing is to definitely one my my major thing that I always recommend to people is go see a doctor and and it's mental illness whether it be depression or anxiety or whatever it is if you if you're feeling these feelings you know there is no difference to going to the doctor and getting um ventolin for your asthma getting antidepressants for your depression or medication for these um things are just the same things um how would you how would you argue with me uh saying talking to no one's going to help me I would just remind you that at least speaking to somebody is getting it off your chest. It's like um, when you hold something deep inside your body and by talking to someone you're getting it out of the body, you're actually releasing it to somebody. And that can be very oh. cathartic. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you, um, and, you, and you give people you know, strategies. I'm still very, very, very against speaking to somebody. Perhaps to start with they can do a phone counselling session with, with Lifeline or something just to, to speak to somebody if they're not confident going in face-to-face -face or even writing something down on a piece of paper just to get it out of the body to start with and then, you know, maybe build up to going in and seeing somebody. You can do sessions like via Zoom and online. You have the abilities to do that now. With COVID, we've all learnt to kind of do yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, with my spiritual business, yes, absolutely. Even Reiki can be done by a distance, which people find absolutely amazing. Oh, really? What I do with, yeah, what I do is just use the substitute. I use a teddy bear, which becomes the person, and then I do a session just like I would if they were here, and then I just write up a report about what um, I experienced and what came through for me, and I send that off to them. So, yeah, it's still because energy travels and it can't be if we go back to high school science it can't be created or destroyed it only changes form so energy travels yeah and so yeah that's that's how we do that via distance okay and um you offer like as well as not just getting the the stuff out so people talk it through sometimes having it out of your own head is nice because you get to hear it back from your own voice but i imagine you'd offer people some sort of um 
strategies to get through their feelings and things like that too. So there is it, not so much a fix, but things to help as well. Absolutely. I seem to be saying absolutely a lot, don't I? That seems no. to be my word of choice. <laughs> no, it's all right. Hey, you're agreeing with me. I don't hate it. <laughs> For sure. Having strategies and activities that people can can use will definitely help them move through the grief of the lost one or whatever they've turned up for whether it's depression whether it's anxiety whether it's grief uh, there are different strategies and different ways to actually to help people through it's a matter of actually being consciously aware of how you're feeling and what it means and how you can make yourself feel better and it's people Sometimes I think we should learn all this sort of stuff at school and we'd have such a better society if we were all more emotionally intelligent. Absolutely. I agree, 100%. <laughs> you think of all this algebra and all this X equals X, Y, Z and it's like, oh, my yeah. goodness. I've never used Who that in my life. That? I'm sorry. I've never used algebra <laughs> in my adult life. I've told my kids that. I go, just do what you need to yeah. do. You don't need algebra unless you're doing something like working for the space station. Other than that, you're fine. Um, yes. And I had a teacher, a PE teacher once give us a, a lesson. I don't know what he was doing or whether he was just trying to make up it was the end of the term or whatever, but he gave us a meditation session, which out of everything I learned in PE, that's the only thing that stuck with me. And I graduated school 25 years ago. So wow. um, it'd be lovely if that sort of thing was more mentioned in schools, mental health, well-being in general. It's yes. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm glad. I just wish they had that sort of thing in schools. How do you recommend someone trying to find a, a psychologist that fits for them? Like, it's I imagine GP then referral. Is there any other ways of not just going to who the GP refers to because they have their own set people that they know? Trying to I would just um, word of mouth, speak to friends and family and see if they know anyone or have heard of anybody um read up the bio of the of the psychologist that you may be considering going to um yeah it's just just keeping an ear out and seeing if you know, reading the reviews to see if it sounds like someone like if you're going for grief perhaps if the person's bio says that they deal with grief that would be a very good start whereas if they're their interest is children well you're probably thinking yeah that's not really for me yeah yeah so they do so some so some psychologists would specialize in not specialize but they would have key areas that they do well in so to speak yes definitely they might have different interest areas is the way i like to put it so the interest might be post-traumatic stress or it might be grief or it might be depression yeah they have they have areas of um of interest for sure Okay, excellent. Um, is there anything I haven't asked you that I've forgotten to mention or anything about your business that you wanted to mention? Um, just knowing that um, in my Tammy's Tower and Healing, I don't offer psychological science um, for any practices because I can't. I have to keep my spiritual business and my psychology completely separate. Right. So if people came to me for spiritual um, stuff, that's what they would get um, and they would have to see me in my day job, as I call it, which is completely separate. So, yeah, that's only a um, professional, you know, the professional boundary I have to have. Yeah. So I keep my psychology completely separate to my spirituality, but I do 
understand spirituality. So when people come to me in the psychology capacity, yep. um, yeah. I, I, I understand and appreciate the spiritual side, but I can't bring any spiritual practices into it if that makes any sense at all. No, it does. It makes perfect sense. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to link the two, but I definitely like to see where the boundary is. So having them there, uh, it's good that you can have both of them there too, that there's no not not issue with it but that you're able to keep it so separate because they're both very important aspects Absolutely. that i think is really cool to do it would be nice if eventually we were allowed to to um, merge the two but as it stands everything in psychology is evidence-based which yeah i can appreciate and, and respect because uh we are a science you know psychological science it yes. is science Whereas the other side of me is the non-scientific side. Yeah. Well, the, the, the idealist to me is like, but we're all understanding people and, I, yeah. yeah, ideally it's, a, it's understanding all the aspects of someone as a whole and taking in all these things. It's, I know it's the science side of it. I work for a science education company, so I get all that. Um, <laughs> you understand, yeah. I get it, I get it, I get it. But I'm still like, I'm still that that idealist like, oh, can't we just have it all? Why can't we all just? I know. Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> Is there a different yeah. page for your for for your psych, psychology uh, psychology? I can't even talk properly anymore. Is there a different page? <laughs> uh, no, because um, I don't do psychology as my as my business. So um, services page, which is. Um, very similar to Tammy's Tower and Healing, but again, it's not psychology. Okay. It's, um, it's just a more professional sounding business than <laughs> Tammy's Tower and Healing. I think they're both professional, so. <laughs> Thank you. That's all right. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Um, we've I've kept it on the shorter side. I love chatting to people till I chat to them to death. Um, but quickly before we go, because we've got a minute to go because Zoom has, has fucked everybody over, what are your ideas of happens after death personally? What do you think happens to us? Oh, I think we go to somewhere where we reflect upon our life and look at what we can improve next time around. And I think we come back until we get it right. I like <laughs> Some people are going to do a lot of rounds with that one. <laughs> Let's hope they get it right in the end. Probably myself included. Thank you so much for Tammy for talking to me today. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Take care. Okay. Bye. See ya.